Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Foster Inclusion Podcast, and thank you so much for joining me. I'm your host, Saida Gomez-Fleury. In this episode, I interview Ashley Chen of BitcoinWisdomForBusyPeople.com, a website that makes it easy for folks with limited time to understand Bitcoin. I met Ashley back in 2018 at the Crypto Valley Conference in Zug, Switzerland. Ashley's got a really cool background. She's an engineer turned marketer specializing in bridging the communication gap between technology and everyday people in diverse cultural and societal contexts. Her experience includes executing multilingual campaigns for Australia's largest telco and working in Switzerland's Crypto Valley on a prominent blockchain project. She grew up and got educated in a multicultural environment in Australia and is fluid between different cultures speaking English and Chinese Mandarin. Ashley now dedicates her time and energy to helping the global Chinese-speaking community learn about Bitcoin. Her company is an authorized BitBox2 hardware wallet reseller in Asia. Join us as we discuss BitcoinWisdomForBusyPeople.com. Can you introduce yourself a bit about your background and how you first came to know about Bitcoin and then how you fell down the rabbit hole? Sure. I think everyone has a story and everyone's story is interesting in a way. And my professional background, I actually have a degree in engineering, Bachelor of Engineering, but I haven't worked in that industry for a long time because I decided to change my career into business and marketing. But I've always worked in tech or telecommunications, so I always had an opportunity to work with technology. And I remember back in 2011, I still remember I was living in Melbourne, Australia. And one day I was hearing this word Bitcoin in the background for a couple of times, and, but I never really looked into it. That was 2011 for the first time. And I kind of just forgot about it. And a few years later, my curiosity about the world kind of started to take off. And I started learning about, you know, the, the how the financial system works. And I really looked into like how the whole money works. And I started watching documentary like Four Horsemen, which criticize, which really criticizes the financial system, the political, um, the, the political lobbying and the debt-based economy and etc. And I began to understand, oh wow, you know, there was something wrong with our system. It's not what I thought it was, Yeah. but I never really looked into it. And somehow at that time, Bitcoin still didn't reappear in my life. But then fast forward to about 2016, I was living in Sydney, Australia. My boyfriend, at the time, now is my husband, was visiting me in Sydney. 
And then he was talking about going to a Bitcoin meetup. And I was like, hey, hold on. I remember this word. Yeah. <laughs> but I was still too busy to look into it because I was working full time and yeah. studying part time for my master's degree in marketing. And I was like, okay, never mind. I, I need to get on with my life. So yeah. I didn't really look into it like he did. And then in the same year, like a few months later, I started to think about, okay, maybe I should join my husband in Switzerland. And I started to form like a travel plan and relocation plan for the following year. And then I also wanted to visit my family in Taiwan in 2017. So I started to think, okay, how do I move money? between three continents. Oh between yeah. Australia, Switzerland and Taiwan. And without losing the value. Oh like, without yeah. losing the value between, you know, different currency exchanges. And then my husband said to me, Hey, why don't you look into Bitcoin? Uh, he came that back was two thousand sixteen. Exactly. So in two thousand sixteen, like close to like second half of 2016, so I started to really, you know, spend some time reading what Bitcoin was. And at that time, everything was kind of scattered around. Like the information was not so, it was there, but it was not like nowadays you can just open a podcast app and everything's kind of all there. Yeah. At that time, I still needed to go do my Google search and I was not on Twitter. And I, I know there were a lot of early Bitcoiners, but I couldn't find them. I don't know where they were. I was doing my own research. And then until I came across Andrea's Antonopoulos content, that was like, whoa, I was totally blown away what I've heard. And that was really kind of my journey, beginning of my journey going down the rabbit hole and that was what I could think of for like entire month like during my waking hours that's all I wanted yeah. to learn you know <laughs> and you just want to stop like everything else yeah. and focus on exactly. Bitcoin yeah. yeah yes yes it's, it, it was pretty much apart from going to work um, I had to go to university for my master's lectures so I was pretty much like during my commute, I was reading, yeah. listening to something, watching something, and I just couldn't stop. And for like the whole month. And then finally, I was like, oh, I get it. Because what I knew about the financial system, that the issues, the problems with the money, now it all makes sense. And wow, that's what Bitcoin is here for. And I got it after like intensely studying for it for about a month. And I was convinced at that point, like, towards the end of 2016. And that was kind of, the rest was history. And and that was also the deciding point that I wanted to go to Switzerland so I can work in the blockchain industry. Yeah. And I would say that you're like, your experience is kind of fortunate in the sense that you did face that direct dilemma between moving money between three continents. Like many people, uh, they may travel for a few weeks here and there, but they don't necessarily have that like tr 
truly international experience and the considerations of like, will I lose value because of Forex exposure? Like, what's this doing? What's that doing? So it's like the challenge is kind of like a blessing in disguise. Yeah, absolutely. So nowadays, when people ask me the best use case for Bitcoin, it's always cross-border transaction for me. That's my number one, the best use case of Bitcoin. Even until this day, I still say, hey, that's a cross-border transaction. That's what it's for. You don't have to rely on third party. You do it anytime. You, you just don't need any permission. And you become your own bank right away. The market for, what is it, um, international remittance is hundreds of billions of dollars right now. Like, I think there's a projection that it's actually going to overtake the foreign direct investment market. There are so many people who can benefit from this. But, okay, what was it like for you the moment you realized you could be your own bank and you had that responsibility to actually ensure that your value was transferred uh, safely and securely? was quite scary at first yeah <laughs> because now i i need to take the full responsibility of everything i type into my hardware wallet every click every number i need to type in i have to be like 1000 percent sure what i'm doing at the beginning it's super intimidating yeah yeah it was scary to be honest it is totally scary. It is. It's like I say, um, I always say, like, start with a little bit and practice mm -hmm. between wallets so that mm -hmm. if something goes mm -hmm. wrong, it's only a little mm -hmm. bit like it could be like 20 bucks or whatever, like mm -hmm. the equivalent of. So you're not yeah. like taking on that big, oh, my gosh, this is my house. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, a that, that's, yeah, uh, that's also what I did at the beginning. I, I was like, OK, my first Howard wallet. Oh, oh my God, I, I was about to make my first big transaction. Okay, that's just let me test out 20 bucks, like what you said, to make sure the whole experience, the whole process that is working okay, you know, before I really go, okay, let's go big. Yeah, little by little. So the stereotypical image of a Bitcoiner is like this geeky computer scientist, um, and obviously you don't fit that image at all, <laughs> at all, on the contrary. Um, would you say that like just who you are, your educational background, the fact that you're a woman, has any of that actually affected your learning journey with Bitcoin? I would say not so much in my learning journey, more... When I was getting into the blockchain space and while I was in it, and I think I was fortunate enough to have the type of education I had and the interest in tech has always been there. And even though the tech behind how Bitcoin works is actually not so intuitive for a lot of us, even though, you know, I could have the logic to understand the technology. But the fact that I'm not working as a programmer or in tech full time on the technical side, it's still a little bit challenging for me to really grasp the whole 
uh, the whole idea. But I think, luckily, there were already a lot of online content when I first learned about it, and I I was super grateful for that. And I remember taking a course on Linda so that I could prepare for the big. Bitcoin professional certification exam, and yeah, there was one that exists. I had no idea. Yeah, 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 it existed. I don't know if now maybe that still exists, but at the time I was like curious. Oh, how else can I get myself equipped so yeah. that I can work in the blockchain industry? So I came across that uh, Bitcoin professional certification exam. But in the end, I didn't take that exam, but I learned so much about how Bitcoin works. And but of course, having a super techie husband really helped because he always I you know we always had a discussion, way to share my learning and or to ask questions and basically have a discussion about Bitcoin. Yeah. We still do nowadays. Yeah, and I think most content. At the early days, was all in English, even though there probably a small amount in the local language, but I think it's quite limited in terms of maybe the mainstream media was taking what was driving the narrative. So if people don't have enough competency in English language, they may not be able to see the whole picture, or they may not be able to see what other people were saying about Bitcoin. So I was definitely fortunate enough so that I can see kind of like internationally what's really going on. Yeah, that's such a good point. Like, um, that's kind of an injustice to not have the information accessible in other languages because. Here's this 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 great thing with a, a network that's continuously growing, and here are a seg are a bunch of people or a segment of the population that could miss out on this because of linguistic reasons. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And a few years ago, when I came back to Taiwan for a visit, as soon as I started talking about Bitcoin. The first reaction I got from people was, "Oh my God, that's a scam!" It's a scam? Like, a scam. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's unfortunate. People don't really have the right perception about Bitcoin." Yeah. Yeah. And just um, like I'm not sure if you would know this, but as you're speaking about language barriers. I read a lot that the majority of Bitcoin mining takes place in China, um, and so my assumption is that uh, either information is available in Mandarin or in Cantonese because there is a large Bitcoin mining population. How is that information like? How do they communicate? Is this is the population basically like English speaking, or is there some more documentation, or perhaps something more technical? With respect to mining, that's available in Chinese. Yeah, I think in the last few years, things started to catch up. Yeah. yeah, I don't know in China. I think nowadays China is probably the same. For example, there are some blockchain news outlet just does all the blockchain media, 
and they probably, for example, crypto exchanges, they will have a small section on education. They will do a bit of a one-on-one, provide you know that more explanation what Bitcoin or what blockchain is. And then I think comparing to say 2016, 2017, in the last two years, definitely there there have been so many more influencers started yeah. start to talk about what Bitcoin is, and people start to take it more seriously. So for sure, say for example, I still remember a few months ago I saw a news. Uh, on on a on a uh, on on a newspaper, it's about mining in Taiwan, and the headline goes, "Oh, someone just stole the power from I don't know where, and so that they could do mining." So in terms of mining, it's kind of those negative yeah. impression where people have to find cheap power. If they can't, they have to steal from somewhere. So I think there's a lot of negativity in terms of. Uh, they don't focus on the benefits. Yeah. They don't really focus on the real value. It's yeah. So that's what I was saying. You know, the mainstream media yeah. is really driving the narrative. Yeah, it's um, and I mean, understandably, I suppose that if I were king of the castle and something came along to disrupt my comfort and my position of power, I would probably mm-hmm. try to uh, yeah, you know, scare people or or yeah, get people to um to think in a different way about about this disruptor coming along. So yeah. is your website, when I um, when I first started, like it took me a while to put all the pieces of the puzzle together. I don't have a technical background. I've always been interested in tech, but I'm not like I don't code. I'm not a developer or anything. And so I first started to hear about Bitcoin from an economic perspective speaking to what you referred to earlier, what's wrong with money, um, you know, and then like with quantitative easing and different uh, uh, measures to the, the the money supply and how that's affecting people. And I know people in different regions and I'm aware that it's more difficult for them to access income or to send money. And so I was very much drawn to Bitcoin from that perspective. And your website, I saw and I, I was like, wow, this is really good because it's like, it's so easy to navigate and it lays the foundation, as you say, for busy people or people who are still new to the space. So what I'd like to know, and I'm sure the listeners would like to know, is how you came up with the navigation. Okay, well, first, thank you for the compliment. And I first designed a site for myself, actually, Um. so that I can send it to my friends and other people when I get asked about Bitcoin. Rather than sending them a dozen of websites, podcasts, or articles. Yep. So it's basically a bookmark of things I've been reading, I would recommend, or products that I use to, to, related to Bitcoin. And because I know more and more people start to hear about Bitcoin and want to know more, but sometimes people don't really know where to start. Yeah. The internet could be overwhelming place and sometimes you don't always find the right resources to begin and over the years I've 
found myself explaining the same thing over and over again <laughs> to my friends. Yeah, and I was like, hey, here's the, at least some things you should know. But nowadays, all I can do, all I, I, yeah, all I've been doing is, hey, go to this website. It's all there. So, so also, I kind of want people to spend a bit of time to do some self study. I really think, you know, uh, Bitcoin deserves people's time and effort to really get to know it. And I also want to make sure those people who come to me are really curious enough and serious enough about Bitcoin before I really dive in with them. I'm more than happy to spend time with them to answer their questions once they go through all the fundamentals. And then the main idea of the site is that, you know, because people's attention span nowadays is so short. So I basically, um, since I've been reading about Bitcoin for like almost five years, and there's so much good stuff out there. And, but again, at the beginning, I had to filter through a lot of things and to find what works for me. So, I was thinking, hey, since I've done all the homework, yeah, I found out what works for me, what has helped me on my journey. I don't have to reinvent the wheel. So the main idea is that I basically filter through the information I find most useful and easy to understand for newbies, categorize them, and put it in a way it tells a story for people to digest easily. And when you're busy, you can basically just choose a small section yeah. to read it and close it and come back when you're ready again. And so that's basically my intention. Hence, the website is Bitcoin 101 for busy people who are poor with time but really want to get started. And this is basically the entrance to the rabbit hole. Yeah. And yeah, it's basically, I have this in mind. And then, I mean, the journey doesn't stop there. So the whole, so on the homepage, there are eight categories. It's basically the reflection of my own journey. Like I shared earlier, I started with understanding the financial system. So the first and second categories are basically about what uh, what's the problem of the of our current money um, and then from there you kind of it's a natural progression you want to understand why Bitcoin and and just go back a little bit I've named each category with a question yeah so because people that that kind of and and then once you click on one of the categories, you will see even smaller categories because that gives a clear pointer where people might be able to find answers to their questions. Since when we search online, we have some questions in mind that yeah. we want to find answers for, and and you know. You don't have to start with a particular order. You don't always have to start from the beginning. For example, on the third and the fourth categories, it's about um, like some simple questions and answers and common mistakes, for example. 
And if someone just want to have a quick overview of what Bitcoin really is, they just go into those categories. And then I have, um, and then from the rest of the categories is basically um, the myths, and then common mistakes, simple questions and answer. And of course, an important topic is how to safe keep your Bitcoin. Oh yeah. So for that, there's another category called Bitcoin wallets. And Bitcoin glossary is where people can look up on dragons. So I, I want to give credits for those who created those content. Because I mean, I don't take credits for everything here because like I explained before, it's basically a bookmark of educational content I've find super useful for beginners. Yeah. So for example, the first two categories, uh, what's, what's a problem with our money and why Bitcoin? I basically translated, I took the article written by Wiz, Wiz is an early Bitcoiner, and he wrote this article called Why Bitcoin back in 2019. I took certain section out of his article rearrange in order under those two categories. I also used one documentary called Hard Money, produced by independent filmmaker Richard James. I think that's his name. Let me have a look. Uh, Richard James, yeah, that's his name. And both of their work have been highly, highly regarded in the community. And then the rest of the, the other sections were like simple questions and answers, common mistakes and so on. There is a contributor called Bitcoin Q&A. He has fantastic 101 related to Bitcoin in different topics. So his website is so easy to navigate. He has a lot of like excellent simple explanations. So I basically went to his website with his permission, of course. Yeah. I took yeah. certain parts that I, that I think at the moment a newbie should know. I put it on my website. Rearrange it in a way people think, okay, that makes sense. And then, yeah. Um, so basically when, once someone has gone through all the basics, the next step is probably getting some bitcoins or sats or continue their education until they feel more comfortable, you know? So the final category is called and beyond. Because I put, because I, I, I say, okay, now you've gone through all the fundamentals. You probably want to get some SaaS or Bitcoin. And then I made some recommendations about the next step. For example, people can go on to uh, join some local meetups or yeah. they can keep learning. And for keep learning, uh, all the resources, I put all the podcasts, websites, books, documentaries in the footer on the education section. Because the journey really never ends here. It never ends. It never ends. Even after five years, I'm still learning every day. And you first heard about it in 2011. Yeah, 2011, you said. So it's like, it was there, there, there. Oh, suddenly. Oh, yeah. Okay. I get it. And then like five years after you dive in, you're still on the journey. Yeah, totally. 
it is just like, never stop. It's um um it's just amazing. Like, um, I'm going to come back to your website, but before, um, we go back to it, because we're talking about the journey never ending, um, how has Bitcoin changed the way you go about everyday life or how you see yourself, your family, work, etc.? Yeah, that's a really good question. My life has been impacted in so many ways. I'm sure I'm not the only one. And yeah, firstly, as I was going down the rabbit hole, it was like waking up in a different universe. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> because all of a sudden I was like, holy, okay, I shouldn't be swearing. But uh, like, I finally get, when I got my head around the problem Bitcoin is trying to fix, I was like, wow. It, it really changed my reality, my understanding about the world. It, it's pretty much so different from what I thought it was. Yeah. And for example, um, the whole financial system, economics, and I even started diving into history and yeah. how the state governments work. Those are the topics I was never interested when I was younger. But because of Bitcoin, I was like, holy shit, this is so interesting and so fascin uh, fascinating. And thanks to earlier, you know, my earlier curiosity that got me into, you know, learn about the financial system because very quickly with that little knowledge I started to accumulate back in 2013, Bitcoin started to make a lot of sense yeah. to me. Yeah. 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 And of course, another biggest change for me is the content I consume every day. So nowadays, <laughs> I, um, and, and especially, you know, where I hang out online or even the kind of people I actually follow or keep in touch, since going down the rabbit hole, my daily reading has huge focus on Bitcoin. I don't read anything else but Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I didn't start using Twitter until 2018, thanks to Bitcoin. And then since last year, I made a conscious decision to start using Facebook-owned platforms ah. like Instagram and Facebook and etc. Because I really want to, I really want to focus on decentralization. How I, how can I bring more yeah. decentralization to my life? And I just believe what you use communicates what you stand for. Yeah. And yeah, so I, I'm a firm believer on that. And even some of the closest friends I have made at this stage in my life are those who are interested in Bitcoin. It's yeah. amazing. It's um. <laughs> What does Fred say? Fred, Fred's like, it's like a bunch of gamers or something, or people who used to play, um, those role, play, role playing games. Um, oh, yeah. 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 Back in the day. And I never mm -hmm. really considered it like that, but I guess to someone who hasn't taken the dive, it's, uh, it could be perceived that way. I've, I've had a tough time with Facebook because, mm -hmm. My family is spread out in Canada, the UK, the US, and Trinidad and Tobago. 
And mm-hmm. my daughter, she just turned 19 months. And Facebook has been the easiest way to uh, share updates. So we have like this private group with 60 family members where we wow. just add videos and stuff. But every time I'm like, there must be another way. And I've tried to get people over to Telegram and over to Signal, but the reluctance to change is very, very strong. So I'm like compromising. I deleted WhatsApp and like everyone was like, you're crazy because everything's on WhatsApp. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I also deleted WhatsApp last year. Yeah, I did yeah, I think I did it at the beginning of January. Like when I mm-hmm. saw the changes to the policy and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and I was just like, this is too much for me, you know, like I don't really need this. So I actually downloaded Sphinx chat. Have you heard of that? Yeah. But um, I haven't I, used it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I downloaded it, uh, I want to say about two months ago. I've been on mm-hmm. a few times, but I have to dedicate more time to it. And it's like, I, I'm, I'm juggling so many different things now that I really have to be focused on how I allo- allocate my time. And I have to exercise even more discipline because, um, my reading list has just gone through the roof. Um, mm-hmm. I got rid of my television like a while ago because mm-hmm. I'm so much more mindful of like messages, um, or consistent messages that are disseminated through different media, whether it's the news or, um, like a, a television show or whatever. Like I, I just, I, I feel, like deep down this need to just like be free from so much influence and to just dive into the things that I find interesting, Bitcoin (laughs) and how it impacts Mm -hmm. and changes people. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, so it's really changed me from that perspective. And then like having a daughter with respect to time preference and making choices, like even something small like staying up late versus going to bed early because I know that mm-hmm. tomorrow I have to do X, Y, and Z and stuff. Like I find that a lot of concepts that are repeated throughout the Bitcoin space stay with me throughout the day. And so like, it's just, I'd like to ask people how they themselves feel the change uh, with Bitcoin because I th- like, I think it's so strong. Yeah, certainly. I, I totally feel it. And uh, even, you know, I, for example, the spending habit. For example, I can form better judgment and make sure that I make the right decisions in my life when it comes to, you know, where to be or how to move around the world, what to or what not to spend my fair money on. Yeah. And little things like little things like that. And maybe this is a little bit sidetracked. I even find Bitcoin is a very spiritual kind of philosophy for me in the end and it kind of helps it it really helps me to connect all the dots in my life i was like wow this is why this is why i'm here this is why i'm where i am yeah so yeah it's really really fascinating and especially when i meet someone new for the first time and who happens to be a bitcoiner usually we just gel right away because we just have a very similar worldview. And uh, yeah, you just connect at a deeper level because you know why you are into Bitcoin and there must be something you have in common. Yeah. yeah. 
I must say too that um, I have to give my father credit for mm. <clears throat> sort of orienting me in a certain way when I was a kid. Um, he used to lecture me on not opting for instant gratification. So he used to say, like, Saida, you know, instead of playing your Atari, I'm that old, I used to play Atari a lot. Instead of staying up all night playing Atari, like, you need to go to bed and you need to focus on what you're going to do at school tomorrow, in a week, in two weeks. And he instilled the concept of saving money. Mm -hmm. Like, he drilled it so deep into my brain that when I became, like, I would say an early adult, and nothing else around me beside my father said saving money is the thing to do. On the mm -hmm. contrary, everything pointed towards fast consumption. I felt confused. Like I was, I thought like, you know, a daughter looking up to her father, like my, my dad's really smart, you know, he's always told me to save money. And here I am like, um, Oh my God. When I went to, to France to live, he lectured me before I left and he said, Saida, there's nothing wrong with being frugal. Being frugal is a good thing. And so like, I have all these ideas in my, in my mind and everyone around me is the complete opposite. You have to mm -hmm. buy the latest of, of this. Mm -hmm. You have to look mm -hmm. this way. And truth be known, I fell into that as well because I thought, oh, you know, like the old man doesn't really know what he's talking about or mm -hmm. I don't always want to be like the odd person out. So let me just kind mm -hmm. of go with the flow. And then in finding Bitcoin, it kind of like brought me back to like to who I am, how I was raised and some of the sound values that my father raised me with. So it was like, it's in an odd way, it, it kind of um, strengthened my connection with him, which is something wow. I was not expecting whatsoever. <laughs> That's amazing. That's really amazing. Did yeah. he know that you were into Bitcoin? My dad? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, we talk about oh. it frequently on the phone. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my dad, he, um, I think he bought a bit of Bitcoin a few years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, he's got his hardware wallet. And then um, recently again, I think he like maybe created another account with Coinbase or something just to like you know, see what Coinbase is all about, more out of curiosity. And um, there was some kind of issue and he couldn't access his account. And he was like, Saida, Coinbase sucks. I can't get into my account. What should I do? I've written to them. I've sent them this. I've sent them. And I'm like, dad, I don't know. Like, <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, he's that in his 70s, so cool. but he's like super passionate about it. So it's... Uh -huh. uh, and he's going to hear this too, so he's... <laughs> oh, cool. That he's going to hear that we're talking about him. <laughs> yeah, really. But uh, so speaking of Coinbase, um, most people assume that you can only buy Bitcoin through an exchange, and mm -hmm. that's not the case. Um, your website actually lists several ways, and one of those ways is to actually accept Bitcoin as a payment. So for anyone out there who is thinking of doing this, how would they do it? How does it work exactly? Okay, I'm only speaking from my own experience. I can share what I've done, how I did it. So as a starting point, okay, say if you are a, um, a freelancer, you offer a service, or you, you, yeah, let's say you're a freelancer, you offer your service, whatever service you offer, as a starting point, just start 
telling your clients that you accept Bitcoin. Okay. As one of the payments, uh, one form of the payments, like you accept Euro or USD and etc. And then, and then write invoice as normal. Then what I've done is I add Bitcoin as a form of payment by providing the receiving address. And even better, they get certain percentage off if they decide to pay with Bitcoin. Yeah. That kind of encourages them to think twice before they want to make a payment in fiat. And if you start asking for it, demanding for it, I think people start gonna, the, the people are going to notice that. So this is probably the first kind of my starting point on how I, I, how I accept Bitcoin for my business and for my service. And of course, there are more advanced tools when you need more complicated bookkeeping or for your online stores. For example, you can use the open source tool called BTC Pay. Yeah. Yeah, that's another topic. We don't go into that, but yeah. it's something available. And there are also integrations with Shopify or WooCommerce. If you have an e-commerce store, you can integrate your store with BTC Pay. Then you can select Bitcoin or other crypto as a form of payment. And for example, on my own website, my online store has already been set up, but I haven't really turned it on because I'm still testing it. I want to make sure everything works. And I mean, yeah, that's probably the the easiest way to do it. Like when you issue an invoice, then you just put your Bitcoin receiving address on it and make Bitcoin as one of the options for people to pay as a starting point. Yeah. It's um I saw <clears throat> I saw a meme yesterday, yesterday or the day before, uh speaking of like receiving payments and providing services. It was um a still photo of a television pastor in Nigeria. And I guess at the bottom with uh, these religious shows, they show you how you can send payments and stuff. And he actually posted his Bitcoin address. Oh, so wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for his like pastor services, people who like who follow him can actually, you know, send him Satoshis. I'm, I'm guessing no one's going to send him full Bitcoins, but like mm-hmm. <laughs> you can send him uh, Satoshis if you're if you're moved by his word of God. I thought that that was <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> That's so cool. I mean, nowadays, uh, people use Apple Pay, whatever pay. It's all to do with scan, uh, all to do with scanning a QR code. Yeah. But making a Bitcoin payment is as easy as yeah. scanning a QR code too. Yeah. I've, um, I've only made a few Bitcoin payments because I'm trying to like, huddle for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. And one of them was, um, I think it's the Sun Exchange. It's a solar project. Um, and that I paid through Bitcoin. I made donations to a few Bitcoin organizations as well. Um, but even like the hardware, like uh, my Raspberry Blitz, I bought in Fiat, like, cause I just oh. can't, uh, 
I, I, I can't bring myself to spend it. Like, I, I want to save it for as long as possible mm-hmm. to see, like, to just to see it grow in the future. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, I've actually set up something with my daughter where every month we buy her a few Satoshis so that when she's 18, like, she has something. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. That's <laughs> yeah, awesome. totally. Yeah, I often, like, for example, I told one of my relatives, like, a few months ago, I said, hey, look, quit smoking or quit something small in your daily life so that you can save the money for your kids. You don't have to start with a huge amount, but you can start with it little by little. Yeah. That's all it counts. Yeah, exactly. Because um, I find too, like in speaking to people who are not familiar with Bitcoin, they get stuck on on the price, 50 grand, mm-hmm. it went up to 65, whatever. Mm-hmm. And because we always speak about Bitcoin, and we don't necessarily speak about Satoshis, and mm-hmm. you know, there are 100 million Satoshis in one Bitcoin, you can actually yep. buy like a 1000 Satoshis very cheaply. Um, they like that too kind of serves as an obstacle. And so now I try to uh, slow myself down and actually say, you can buy smaller pieces if you'd like uh, to test it out as payment mm-hmm. from one wallet to another so that mm-hmm. there's a little, there's a, a greater sense of accessibility. And one of the ways that usually how I onboard people, how I onboard beginners, I usually give them a little bit Bitcoin oh. on their wallet, just a little bit, okay? So I said, hey, um, download this app, this mobile wallet. Um, yeah. I'm going to give you a, a little bit Satoshi. Um, but this is a different story because I usually do it on a Lightning Network. Yeah. So there's no fees, right? But the good thing is, for example, if I give them two bucks, but maybe two weeks later it's going to be, I don't know, three bucks and they start to pay attention to it and that really get them curious in a way yeah Yeah. the lightning network can be a bit complicated for someone new is there like a simple analogy or something you can share with people so that they can start to grasp what it is to start with sometimes i don't even tell them this is a second layer so for the listeners out there the bitcoin network is what we call layer one and lightning network is layer two and i find when i tell people about this analogy they start to understand a little bit just imagine when you go to a coffee shop and you want to pay for your coffee with like five bucks for example and the merchant has a cashier to take your money or give you some change then at the end of the day the merchant will bank their money, they will bring the money from the cashier, from the drawer to the bank. So you can think of taking the money, deposit that money at the bank as the Bitcoin network settlement. And when it comes to Lightning Network, because it's such a small transaction, it's micropayment, you don't always need to bring five bucks to the bank. Whenever you, uh, as a merchant, you just sell a cup of coffee. So my analogy is the bank deposit at the end of the day for a merchant. That's like Bitcoin core network settlement. Yeah. And when you don't need to 
put that transaction into the core network, the Bitcoin network, then that happens on layer two. Yeah. It's the equivalent analogy as if a merchant is transacting directly with their customers with like coffee money or a piece of cake and etc. So when I explain that, people start to, oh, okay, they start to understand a little bit. Of course, they will, they ask more questions, but for that, we don't go into the details yeah. in this conversation. So that's basically the overview. And that also kind of tells people, hey, Bitcoin, there, there, there is, it's scalable. Yeah. So it's not always like what people, some people are saying, oh, it's too expensive to use Bitcoin network. I think there's a, there's this different perspective on how a different context and some people just don't look at it. Maybe, um, maybe they, they don't look at overview what's really going on in the Bitcoin development. Yeah. It's, um, and I mean, like, in all fairness, I think it's difficult to, um, again, if you're not, if you're not fully in it, it's difficult to understand what's going on. It's what you mentioned earlier about the internet being a big place with so much information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then also you've got other coins or things that claim to be coins with use cases. Yeah. And it's hard to, um, it might be even more difficult today than it was before when there wasn't as much information available mm-hmm. because I find that there's often like something about it'll say cryptocurrency there'll be an image of Bitcoin and then it'll talk about a bunch of I won't use the term but it'll talk about <laughs> I know which term you want to use <laughs> other things that yep. have nothing at all to do with Bitcoin yep. and so like um like someone was saying like um something along the lines of how could you believe in bitcoin when dogecoin is only going up because elon musk talks about it i'm like there's there's just like two different things there's nothing bitcoin has nothing to do with dogecoin like so it's it's really difficult to to follow along and to understand what's what and i think that perhaps other coin marketers understand the confusion and the fact that people will conflate multiple things and so they'll just they'll use it to their advantage i can share one direct experience i was teaching a basic bitcoin workshop a few weeks ago and someone who was completely new to the space came to my workshop and she said, oh, I thought all the other coins are based on the Bitcoin network. Ah. Ah, I was like, oh no. And she said, oh, I thought Bitcoin is the basics for all the other coins. I said, well, Bitcoin is the father of all the coins, but the, the blockchain, right? But it doesn't mean they work the same way. Yeah. They are completely different. So people have no idea. Yeah. And I, like, in the fee, uh, say, back in 2017, 2018, I went to different meetups, and sometimes they say, hey, this is a blockchain meetup. And I thought I would hear about Bitcoin, but no, they were talking about something completely different yeah i think it's super difficult for a beginner to really distinguish 
what's what. Yeah. And that's what I always recommend people. Hey, okay, there's a website called bitcoin-only.com. So this website has all the local meetups, all the resources, uh, podcasts focusing on Bitcoin, nothing else. And this project was created by an early Bitcoiner, quite well known in the space. And I also added my Bitcoin meetup on the website because oh, nice. I want people to be able to find me, you know? Yep. And that's also the reason why I started a Bitcoin-only meetup since last year when I was in Taiwan. I realized that a lot of people in Taiwan really focusing on Ethereum and other coins. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. But when you really want to get into Bitcoin, you really want to understand Bitcoin, you have nowhere to go. You go you go to a block you go to a blockchain meetup, but you're hearing about DeFi, you're hearing about Ethereum. Yeah. I think it's super confusing for a Bitcoiner. I mean for, for a beginner. Yeah. So what's the culture like in Taiwan in general? And what aspects of the culture do you think would draw people towards Ethereum more than something else? Um, I probably wouldn't go too much into why people are drawn into Ethereum. So I can explain a little bit how people look at crypto how what's their perception about crypto in taiwan most people okay people who have have a bit of money or who are quite wealthy in taiwan they've made their money from the stock market yeah okay most of them including my family so cryptocurrency or bitcoin for them is like a stock portfolio is something that they can invest in in the stock market so they don't really understand not they not everyone but probably majority of them trade it as if it's a it's a, a share it's something they buy um, they can invest in it and they can get five percent or ten percent return yeah. like quickly that's how they look at Bitcoin or crypto and then but most really don't understand when you have Bitcoin, you are your own bank. Yeah. You don't sell Bitcoin back to fiat. But a lot of people I know, they just hold Bitcoin until it goes up 5%, 10%, and they are over the moon. They sell back to fiat. Back to their bank account. Oh. I was like, oh no! <laughs> no! Don't stop! No! They have no idea. Or yeah. I think not just people in Taiwan, probably a lot of people in the world yeah. haven't got that. Bitcoin is the hedge against our broken system. Yeah. They still measure the value of Bitcoin against fiat. And they still look at the price. Nothing wrong with that because yeah. I'm sure we we are around because of the price as well. Exactly. You know? It's the thing yeah. that draws you in. And then yeah. you, you get there and you're like, oh, okay, wow. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of um, the kind of, that's the kind of um, environment I'm dealing with at the moment in Taiwan. But there is a small handful of people who are really curious, 
what Bitcoin is really about. I'm not saying everyone's is just into yeah. making a quick buck, you know? There are people who also understand there's something wrong with our system and they want to find another way out. There are still people who really know what's going on. But most people just trade it as a stock investment to add into their portfolio. Nothing wrong with that. And they want to yeah. see when they can sell. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty much the culture here. So it's, I guess it's like, it's more of a trading or day trading type of yeah. culture. Yeah. 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 Totally. Which, as you say, nothing wrong with it. And fair enough. It's just, I don't have like the time or the bandwidth to be a day trader. I'm so like, put it here in Bitcoin. When I was like a teenager, I used to save. Now I just park it in Bitcoin and just stop thinking about it. Like spend time with the ecosystem and who's, you know, which company is putting it on on its balance mm-hmm. sheet, et cetera. Like mm-hmm, I love mm-hmm. the whole exactly. game theory aspect of it. But in terms of like selling it a month from now, two years from now, that's not even on my radar. It's just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, likewise, when people ask me, oh, what's my strategy? I'm like, yeah, my strategy is just buy and forget. Yeah, hold it. <laughs> yeah, just hold it. Don't sell. You know, that's my strategy. And when people start to ask me, oh, which exchange, which crypto exchange is better, oh, in etc., I'm like, I don't know. I haven't been using the exchanges for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's not sexy. Like, it's actually pretty boring especially if you come from like a high pay sort of trading environment it's very boring like what what do you say you know you can't be like oh yeah i bought x when it was like 22 cents and today it's like 72 cents you know like it's yeah. just <laughs> yeah yeah i know what you mean yeah <laughs> it's boring so yeah. are there like um i guess red flags to look out for in the in the crypto space in terms of scams i'm new i'm interested in bitcoin and i'm not sure who to trust or whatever are there typical scams that i could look out for yeah definitely i think the general rule of thumb is that when something is too good to be true it is too good to be true for example, if you see, uh, I don't know, some people commenting on social media, hey, follow me or hey, join me on this platform because you get 2% return or 5% return every month when you deposit your Bitcoin. Okay, always question where the profits come from. Okay, yeah. because otherwise the scammers will just take your coins and run away. Because when you have Bitcoin, you you don't need to earn interest. Like you don't need to earn crazy amount of interest. Yeah. Because by holding it, you are already preserving your purchasing power. That's yeah. why you put money into Bitcoin. And when people's greed of making a quick buck started kicking, they were like, wow, this is amazing. I already get 5%, 10% next month by depositing my Bitcoin. That sounds awesome. Okay. Then it's really too good to be true. Yeah. So really look out for that. And, uh, maybe another thing to look out for is 
multi-level marketing type of model? Yes, because I've heard it before. I, yeah. I haven't had that experience myself, but I have heard, say, for example, you have to bring a certain number of members into this yeah. platform so you get certain reward on your account. And for me, that's just MLM, multi-level marketing. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a scam, sure, because you're just scamming people's money from doing nothing. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's really important to question, okay, this is actually a great uh, incentive, but where does it come from? Yeah, exactly. It always comes from somewhere. You can't just think, okay, there is a free lunch somewhere. There's never free lunch somewhere. Yeah. I know. Yep. Um, um, I think it was a family member, uh, from Trinidad on Facebook sent this big message saying like, no one speak to me about Bitcoin ever again because it's a scam. And uh, he was targeted, um, for M- uh, multi-level marketing. And so I think I wrote him, I wrote him a message either privately or just like under his post, just saying like, Bitcoin is not a scam. And there are scam artists within the space. There are scammers everywhere, like in the fiat world, in the Bitcoin world, in whichever world, there will always be people trying to, uh, to take advantage. And don't confuse like someone who's passionate about Bitcoin, who speaks about it a lot with someone who's trying to take money or Bitcoin from you. There's a big difference. Like, Someone who's passionate will talk to you about it, will speak about the value proposition, will speak about how uh, how it'll help with uh, financial inclusion, etc. But they'll never ask you for anything besides your ear. But they're, they're not going to yeah. ask you for anything whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. And I often tell people, hey, look, I don't get any incentives when you yeah. buy Bitcoin. I, I just want to help you to understand yeah. Bitcoin. You know, uh, it doesn't benefit me if you finally get into Bitcoin. Yeah. Finally, you own some Bitcoin because that's your Bitcoin. That's not mine. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I could never know. Like, I could speak to you about it. You could go out tomorrow and get Bitcoin, not tell me a word, and I'll have no idea and I'll still speak to you about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think another thing to look out for is that of this overhype. For example, you join your Telegram group and they, all they talk about is the price. It's more like a pump and dump scheme. Okay? Yeah. They were like, oh, now this is a great time. Uh, the first hand information now, the price is this and you know, in a week it's going to go up to this. Now you're, you're the first, you're the early adopters. Now best time to get in now i think there's a lot of excitement about the price and i think people really need to look out for that so it's happened before and i've seen it before yeah if all they talk about is price i think you really have to be careful and and really i think nowadays people just don't do enough research they probably just get on youtube watch someone talking about a project on YouTube or on Twitter. And for them, that's good enough research. Pretty scary. Wow. Yeah, I know. Which yeah. makes me wonder, like, um, 
It's Saifedean safe, Amus. He authored uh-huh. the Bitcoin standard. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. he talks quite frequently about this fiat mindset, um, as does Max Kaiser, obviously. And it's this idea that, like, if you can get money easily, you'll spend it really easily. So, or if you don't have a sense of like saving and low time preference, long term sort of thinking, you'll just kind of dump your money anywhere and sort of hope for the best. And I think it, it like, it's just amazing that, um, that people could be willing to invest in something without spending time to understand exactly. what it is. <laughs> exactly. And those people, okay. This is also my direct experience. Those who would not have done enough research, they put money into crypto, are the very same people who would bargain with you to save five bucks here or there when they buy from you. <laughs> I know. No, direct experience, my own experience. Wow. Yeah, because I'm also selling um, hardware wallet and someone texted me up, hey, can you do this for this amount of money or, or can you do, do it as free shipping and I'm like sure but you're gonna invest your money and you want to save one buck or two bucks here and there <laughs> on a highway wallet are you are you serious yeah how yeah, does that make sense funny. exactly that's hilarious but I mean like we're I suppose we're all idiosyncratic in some way we all have our our quirks and and thing, but that's yeah. I, I I'm sure everyone deep down just wants to not so much get rich. Yes, having that nominal sort of figure that you can look at, but also the security and the sense of safety that comes along with having you know material wealth. And so maybe that's what the driver is. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure because um, we want to be able to cope with uncertainties in the future. Yeah. That's why people want to save and that's why people want to build a safety net in case yeah. something happens. It's just human nature. Totally. Yeah. Definitely. Um so you mentioned a few websites already. Can you repeat them and perhaps mention other websites that newbies can join? Um, like a safe place where they're not sort of bombarded with like toxic Bitcoiners or, <laughs> or anyone telling them they're dumb because they haven't already bought Bitcoin. Yeah. Okay. I think this toxic Bitcoiner is kind of a new term for me because I haven't really thought about that term in terms mm. of okay, people isolate other people. If, if As long as you're not a Bitcoiner, you get isolated. I, I haven't really looked into that term. But yeah, actually, I have a different approach on this in terms okay. of finding online communities. I am a firm believer that do your homework first. For example, mm. rather than turn to... The, the online communities right away, spend a bit of time, read about, for example, the book we just talked about, Bitcoin Standard by Safadine Amos, and spend a bit of time on the basics. For example, go to, come to, check out my website to go to all yeah. the fundamentals before you even ask any questions. And maybe 
go to bitcoin-only.com to find local Bitcoin meetups. Yeah. Maybe go there just to see what people are talking about, for example. I mean, Twitter could be an overwhelming place for a beginner, but most are pretty friendly. Because mm-hmm. I get some, I usually get some feedback or comments when I participate in certain discussion. And, but I mean, you need to know who you want to follow or you yeah. need to find those people that really resonate with you. Yeah. Then you slowly kind of, you know, you get introduced to other people. So, but nowadays, what I like, where I like to spend a bit of time in is Reddit. Oh, okay. I'm pretty new to Reddit. I n- I've I'm never used Reddit. Reddit. Yeah, I, I wasn't on Reddit until recently. And because Reddit works differently from like Facebook, Twitter, and etc. It's more like a discussion forum. Yeah. And you can join based on topics or subjects. And there is a subreddit. So subreddit is basically, it's like a theme of that forum and there is one called bitcoin beginner okay mm-hmm. or um there is one just called bitcoin not btc but bitcoin okay because the one that's called btc on reddit is about bitcoin cash yeah so do not get confused yeah so i would say reddit then go to the subreddit Bitcoin beginner or Bitcoin. Make sure you don't join BTC because that's for Bitcoin Cash. And that's they, so uh, yeah. deceptive yeah. too because the ticker in at least in North America is BTC. Here in Switzerland, I'm not sure what it, what it is in Taiwan on the exchanges. It's XBT. Um, oh. Isn't, but that's something else, no? XBT? Uh-huh. No, XBT is actually the original ticker for Bitcoin. I saw an interview with, oh my God, I forget his name. Uh, oh, what's his name? He was part of the Bitcoin Foundation back in like 2013 or something. And he actually, he and his, like a, a team of people actually traveled to Zurich to um, apply for Bitcoin to be an international currency or something. And um, essentially, they have all the currencies listed. And then gold, silver, and a few other metals are also listed. And they start by X because they're um, non-political. And so they actually proposed XBT for Bitcoin because it's not political. And the application, yeah, it hasn't been approved yet. I'll find the interview and I'll send it to you afterward, but it's still like, uh, it's still pending. It hasn't been approved yet. So that's like the the original uh, ticker. And then, uh, so like in uh, North America, it's BTC that I know for sure. Mm-hmm. Here in Switzerland, you'll see XBT, I think for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if so, if someone were to go on Reddit and see BTC, it's normal that they would think that that's actually Bitcoin and it's Bitcoin cash. That's because very tricky. at first I joined BTC 
And I was shocked. I was like, "Why is everyone attacking Bitcoin? <laughs> Am I on the right subject?" <laughs> and I asked the question on Twitter. I was like, "Oh my God! I can't believe what I just read on the subreddit BTC." Blah blah blah. And someone was kind enough to make a comment saying, "Why are you on BTC, not on Bitcoin?" And I was shocked. I was, oh my god, have I been on the wrong subreddit? <laughs> It's so confusing. And also, even the website, Bitcoin.com, is not the same as Bitcoin.org. Yeah. So, for listeners out there, you have to remember when you want to get the right information about Bitcoin, go to Bitcoin.org. Yeah. Because Bitcoin.org. Bitcoin.com is for Bitcoin Cash. Yeah, it is very tricky to navigate, but luckily yeah. we're here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. And so, where can people find you? I okay. The best place is my website, BitcoinWisdomForBusyPeople.com, and I'm also on Twitter. It's BTC Wisdom Number Four BP. Yeah,、uh, it's a bit like tricky to really pronounce that right because Twitter doesn't allow a really long handle. Yeah. So it's BTC Wisdom Number Four BP. But all the information is on my website. On your website, and I'll get it as well to add it to the podcast show notes so people can scroll through and just.、Uh, Click to find you. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. Always a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it for this episode, and thank you again for joining us. Ashley and I actually continued the conversation for some time after we stopped recording. There's just something about Bitcoin that fosters inclusion. We have different cultural backgrounds, and listening to her unique journey and experience has broadened my understanding and appreciation for Bitcoin. Her website, BitcoinWisdomForBusyPeople.com, saves so much time in learning about Bitcoin's value and potential. Contact Ashley through her website, BitcoinWisdomForBusyPeople.com, and you can tweet her at BTCWisdomNumberFourBP. Links are also available in the show notes. As usual, if you have any questions or comments, contact me at Saida at FosterInclusion.com. That's S A I D A H at F O S T E R I N C L U S I O N dot com, and visit the website triple w dot fosterinclusion dot com. Bye.